All right, we're going to go ahead and start. For those of you that are joining us, you may want to grab a hymnal because you'll need it as we talk about the Confession of Faith this evening. Um, reminder for you, the confession is listed in the back of the hymnal. Uh, you need it. Um, I mean, you, well, I would say you do need the confession, in my opinion. But you need to read the number at the bottom, but it is on page 682. 682. All right. This is chapter 22, paragraph 8. So let me pray for us. Lord God, we ask your blessing on our brief discussion. We pray that you would encourage us, help us to glean something from this time at the close of the Lord's Day. We pray for our children as well as they're in their classes now. Bless their teachers, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, by now, if you've been coming to Sunday school the last few weeks, you know that we're not doing an overview of the confession. However, as a church, we have been reading through the confession over the entire year. Uh, Some of us, uh, there have been little nuggets that have been put out that are available to you to describe some of the highlights from each chapter. What we're doing in this discussion is just taking the time to look at a phrase here, a word there, or a sentence um, there that might not make sense to us. And in some cases, these sections arise out of a list of a few that sometimes people are confused about or that they may, say, they may take exception to. So for instance, they may say, well, uh, I basically subscribe to the Second London Confession of Faith, but I don't agree with this phrase or this word. I take exception to that. Well, Chapter 22, paragraph 8, is one of those paragraphs that sometimes is either confusing to some or that they may say that they want to take exception to. So let me read the paragraph, the whole paragraph, describe it to you, and then I want to specifically zero in on the word recreations. Again, Second London Confession, chapter 22, paragraph 8. The Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord, When men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs beforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all the day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but also are taken up the whole time in public and private exercises of worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. A couple of notes before we dive into that word, recreations. I think it's worth just taking a moment to refresh ourselves as to some of these phrases that are, I don't think, confusing. For instance, the Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord. You will recall if you read the previous seven paragraphs, or you read the Ten Commandments, or you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, that the Lord God has set apart one day in seven that is holy unto him for worship. In the Old Covenant and in the work of creation, it was the final day of the week. But now that Christ has accomplished the work of new creation, Hebrews 4, it is the first day of the week. The day changes. What we do on that day remains the same. We rest, we worship, we assemble, we use the entire day for these things. 
So kept holy unto the Lord means that it is set apart. That is what we see in Genesis, that the Lord hallowed the Sabbath day. He made it holy. And I just have to say again, particularly in our day, that it is not the church time that is hallowed, but the day, the entire day is hallowed. So the Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord. It is set apart for him as belonging to him according to the way that his word would describe us to do. But then it says when men, and of course men and women, when men after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs beforehand... Brothers and sisters, this is a phrase that's probably less debated or a phrase that most people don't necessarily take exception to, but perhaps are much less diligent to actually practice. That the Sabbath is a day that we set apart and keep holy unto the Lord, but we are to prepare our hearts for the day. We are to spend time throughout the week readying ourselves for the day. Notice one way that we do that is we order our common affairs Aforehand. So Monday through Saturday, we work so that we are ready on the Lord's day to keep that day holy unto the Lord, but we also seek to prepare our hearts. Um, we are dieting, as it were, Monday through Saturday in such a way that we are hungry for Sunday. We are repenting of known sin throughout the week so that we are prepared and ready to receive the day. When it comes, we are regularly asking the Lord to prepare our hearts to be fertile ground for his word to be preached and for us to glean blessing from the supper. So this is what this means. There's much we could say, but each of these phrases is worth a brief description. But the ordering of common affairs is also helpful. We order our businesses, we order our homes, we order our lives in such a way that the entire day is kept holy unto the Lord. But I really want to spend the bulk of our time, as much as I'm very much tempted to just camp out on each of those phrases and we'll get finished by midnight, to go to that phrase that says that we do not only observe a holy rest all the day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but are also taken up the whole time in public and private exercises of worship. Why is recreations there? I cannot but give in to the temptation to say one more thing before we get into recreations. Notice what the text says, that we do not only observe a holy rest all the day. So often people are confused when they see the word rest in relation to discussion on Sabbath. What they think that that means is that we don't do any kind of work. Well, in one sense, that's true. We don't do the work of Monday through Saturday, But following the pattern of our Lord, we cease unto those things and we work unto the Lord. So worship is work. Hospitality is work. Evangelism is work. It can be tiring. Now, we need to note that the Sabbath is also given to us in some sense for our bodies to rest, yes. But resting doesn't mean that we are not active, It means that we are ceasing unto the things of the first six days of the week, and we're active unto the Lord, chiefly his worship, but then other kinds of exercises throughout the day that serve the purpose of the day. We won't have time to dive into it, but it says, and in duties of necessity and mercy. The Lord Christ teaches us both of these things. 
we are to observe the Sabbath, but there are going to be duties of necessity and duties of mercy. Jesus teaches on this in a variety of ways. You could turn to Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 13, to get a description of his teaching as it relates to duties of mercy on the Lord's Day. Our challenge is that we love to increasingly add to the list of things that are a necessity, right? It's a necessity that my child participate in sports on the Lord's Day. Let me just say, it is not. It's not a necessity. You can lie to yourself all day long and say that it is, but it's not, right? Uh, It's a necessity that I, you fill in the blank, do something for work that I probably could have done earlier. No, a necessity would be something that is absolutely necessary. You come home from Lord's Day worship and there is a tree that has fallen through your garage. It's an act of necessity that you call a few brothers from our church and we seek to assist you. And for them, it will be an act of mercy to assist you on the Lord's Day, right? Now, let me deal with this word recreation. And for that, I want to turn to probably the best scholar that I know of on the entire confession, and that's Dr. James Renahan. We have had him here multiple times. Uh, He is a friend to our church. Uh, And yes, to me personally, and some of you have had the opportunity to benefit from him, but he helps us historically. In his recent book, uh, which I've made reference to multiple times, entitled To the Judicious and Impartial Reader, Renahan seeks to go phrase by phrase to help us to understand the historical background to some of these, well, in his case, all of the confession. But it's helpful to understand what was happening in the 1600s and why why are these phrases here? You remember that our confession is a document that needs to be understood in context. We said this last week of time period, for instance. Here is what he writes. Just going to read a lengthy section and then take a moment to discuss it. We understand what employment is. We, we know that that's our work. But listen to what he says next. He says this. This is page 434 of his work. Quote, the word recreations deserves comment. It is utilized because of the long dispute between the crown, epitomized in King James I and King Charles I, and the Puritan ministers of the Church of England. In 1617 through 1618, King James ordered the Declaration of Sports, often called the Book of Sports, to be published and read in the churches. It was reissued under King Charles in 1633. In both cases, strong dissent arose. An apologist for the King's Declaration Thomas Franklin identified at least some of the sports in controversy. Leaping, dancing, running, or any mastery for to goal or prize, maypole or church ale, end quote. Parish clergy were required to read the declaration tacitly approving of the practices they believed violated the sanctity of the day. So incensed were the godly that when Parliament and King came to civil war in 1643, just prior to the commencement of the Westminster Assembly, the following was enacted by Parliament. 
It is this day ordered by the lords and commons in Parliament that the book concerning the enjoining and tolerating of sports upon the Lord's Day be forthwith burned by the hand of the common hangman in Cheapside and other usual places. And to this purpose, the sheriffs of London and Middlesex... Let me just interrupt. You want to talk about Christian nationalism. We have some interesting history here, don't we? The sheriffs of London and Middlesex, respectively, are hereby required to be assistant to the effectual execution of this order, and see the said books burnt accordingly. And all persons who have any of the said books in their hands are hereby required forthwith to deliver them to one of the sheriffs of London to be burnt according to this order. Renahan continues. The sheriffs set the 10th of May as the day of burning. This is the background for the words of the Westminster Confession of Faith, Presbyterians, the Savoy Declaration, the Congregationalists who were still baptizing infants, and the Second London Confession. Commenting on this portion of the Westminster Confession, Dixon said that, quote, some heir who think that after public worship is ended, the rest of the Lord's Day may be spent in ordinary recreations and such like sports as are not unlawful on other days. That is exactly what the Declaration of Sports advocated and the Confessions opposed. Now, those are Renahan's words. I read them to you so that you understand a little bit of the reason why that phrase would have made its way into the Westminster Confession of Faith in the 1640s and then ultimately into our confession because our confession is basically, with a few changes, word for word the same as the Westminster Confession of Faith. There was an historical backdrop to this question. When King said, you will read this book as it relates to recreation in your church services, the Puritans saw fit to say that we must then avoid, obviously, our worldly employments, but recreations. There were likely also questions about some of the recreations being permissible on any day. Certain Recreations may have had connotations that pointed back to some kinds of sinful behavior. But this then raises the question, if we as Christians who don't have the King of England ruling over us, telling us what books we have to read in our service, if we live here in 2023 and we confess this, that we are to set apart the entire day and we're to rest from our worldly employments and recreations, what are we to do with that phrase? Well, I think Renahan gives us the helpful history behind it. But I would suggest the following things to you. This isn't a discussion of kids playing on the swing set after church. Now, to say one word about that, there would have been some reformed over the last 400 years that would have literally chained the playground to keep that from happening. But what I'm saying to you is, I don't think that what we need to do is take this word and say anything that in any way is fun at all on the Lord's Day is not permissible. But rather, that all the things that we do need to serve the purpose of setting the whole day apart. So if adults are fellowshipping after Lord's Day morning worship and children are swinging on swings before they go home, I don't think that that is prohibited by our confession. But I do think what our confession calls us to consider is that if our lives, Monday through Saturday, are driven by work and certain recreations, 
then we need to understand that we have to cease from both of those things on the Lord's day so that the entire day can be spent in worship and in private exercises of worship, duties of necessity, and mercy. Again, the quote that our brother Jim Renahan gives by Dixon, I think it's very, very poignant and it's very important. And again, this was written 400 years ago when I don't know anyone that would have run a children's soccer league on Sunday or a football game on Sunday. But still, Dixon writes this, some heir who think that after public worship is ended, the rest of the Lord's day may be spent in ordinary recreations and such like sports as are not unlawful on other days, end quote. Now, before we see if there are any questions, I think it's important for us to remember that the thread of all of this is that this is uh, subservient to the phrases that come before it. The Sabbath is to be kept holy. Men are to prepare their hearts and order their common affairs so that we may do what? Rest all the day from our own works, words, and thoughts. Boy, there's much we could say there. How many... How much of the Lord's day do we miss out on because our thoughts are distracted by normal worldly kinds of patterns that may not even be sinful, right? That we rest all the day long from our work and yes, even the normal recreations, but are also to take up the whole time in public and private exercises of worship. Now, brothers and sisters, we live in a day where the word reform gets around, you know, bantered around by a lot of individuals. I would submit to you that one of the, the slower things to embrace among many in coming to more of a confessional view of Scripture is the Sabbath. But just remember that the Sabbath was given to us as a gift, and the commands that the Lord gives are not burdensome, but therefore are good. It is actually good for God to tell me, set the whole day apart and don't be distracted by your play. Set the whole day apart and don't be distracted by your worldly employment, but set the whole day apart for worship, for rest, for private exercises of worship, and yes, acts of mercy. So the word recreations is there for at least initially an historic reason, but then it moves into a consideration for us, particularly in our day.